0: Welcome to Grief Recovery Now podcast. I'm your host, Charlene Gorzella, your grief recovery specialist. This podcast is being produced just for you, someone who has been challenged and heartbroken over a significant and devastating loss, death, divorce, sudden life change, or the many other ways we experience grief. You will be taken on a conversational journey with me and some special guests who have come out the other side of grief and committed to small powerful, and courageous steps that made all the difference in their lives for the better. I want to instill in you on what is possible, that joy, hope, peace, and happiness is closer than you think. While your life is forever changed, you can have a beautiful new outlook on your relationships and loss with a sense of completion that goes deep in your soul. Ready, set, now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. This is Charlene Gorzella, Grief Recovery Now. So, so happy you are with us today. I am eternally grateful for you of showing up today. Anywhere, from anywhere in the world, I welcome you, no matter what time you're listening, no matter morning, afternoon, three in the morning, and you're in grief, or you just want to learn a little bit about recovery right now, either for yourself or someone that, a loved one. I am so happy to be here today and my special guest will I get to in a few minutes. I first thought I'd tell you about a little experience I've had in the last few days. Starting late last week, I started experiencing symptoms. I was getting a sore throat. I felt like allergies were coming on. My chest felt heavy. So I was like, these are just allergies. And so the last few days, I've been just taking care of myself, going to bed early, falling asleep. Like, I just was tired. I live in West Los Angeles. Many of you may know that the fires have been extreme here in California. So we've got, not that we had the fires in Los Angeles, but we got the overflow of the smoke and the soot and all that. And the air quality was not good. So I also attributed, maybe it's that. And I also do breath class in the morning where I'm doing deep breaths and It's a type of meditation for myself. So I for sure, was convincing myself that was what was happening. And yesterday I got a little scared. And during that time before yesterday, I kept thinking, is this COVID? My throat's a little scratchy, Um, my chest, I was feeling a little pressure, lung pressure. As I said before, I was feeling like allergies were happening and I got very scared. And I kept telling myself, it's not COVID, it's not COVID. And finally, as I was sitting quietly, I said, okay, go get a COVID test. And I looked online, and in Los Angeles, thank God, there's rapid COVID tests. I'm going out of town in the next couple days. And I was like, do I go out of town? Don't I go out of town? Will I be irresponsible if I go out of town? I was in denial, in my head, talking to my intellect that it's not COVID. But in my heart, I'm saying because I care about people and know the dangers of COVID and spreading it, even though we hear all kinds of things about COVID, conspiracy theories, our leaders telling us this, hearing that. So I finally made the call and I called the urgent care who had the rapid test. I said, Is it busy there? Can I go get a test? They go, You can come right now. It takes 15 minutes. Well, within 10 minutes, I was out the door. And I have to tell you what I've been going through. I was afraid. I was experiencing, I was future tripping. What's going to happen when I have it? What am I going to lose? How is my life going to change? What if I have it? It was like, I was convinced I had it once I made a decision to go get a test. So I went to the test and thank God a friend of mine met me and she said, you know what it's like? It's like taking a pregnancy test and not wanting to be pregnant at the time. That's what the feeling is. It's like, what is the results going to be? And I was like, well, I've never been pregnant or had children. I could just imagine how somebody would feel because number one, I didn't want COVID. Number two, I didn't want to infect anyone if I did. Number three, I was afraid of sudden life change happening in my life and my own health and life and death situation. I felt I was facing that. And I have to tell you, if anybody has ever been going through that, please go get a COVID test. The good news is, that I was negative. But I tell you what was happening beforehand. I was sad, grieving, fear. There's a thing that I just put on my Grief Recovery Now private group page in Facebook. If you'd like to join, please do. Was grief sometimes is mistaken as fear. And I was already grieving. Like fear is mistaken as grief. And I felt this grief coming over me. You know how Charlie Brown was like, good grief." I was like, good grief. I can't believe this is happening to me. I try my best to be healthy and to follow the rules. And I was like, okay, where's the time that I didn't? I went to the store. I touched my face and thinking, what did I do wrong? What didn't I do? What I should have done. And that's all part of the grieving process to me, even though it hadn't happened yet. I'm already in the sadness and grief. But anyways, as I said, the good news is I was negative. And please go get tested just for peace of mind. There's lots of testing around. Just Google is, to me, I think one of the best inventions in some areas, you know, for information. So please do that. I'm so happy you're here today. I'm so happy I'm here today. Negative. I decided I'm going to do a COVID test once a month just to make sure because you never know. Whether whatever you think about masks or non-masks, please get tested and take good care of yourself. Get plenty of sleep and all that jazz we all heard and know. So anyways, I appreciate your listening to this. And let's get on to this next chapter of Grief Recovery Now podcast. And first, I'd like to introduce our guest, who is somebody I admire and respect, and who is a leader in the grief recovery method movement here in our world. His name is Ed Owens. I'd like to tell you a little bit about him before we start our great conversation together. Ed Owens is a US Air Force retired first sergeant. As a first sergeant, he was the senior enlisted advisor to commanders at the unit, group, and base levels. He was responsible for the health, welfare, and morale of service members and their family. He is also a combat veteran with multiple tours, including Desert Storm, Iraqi Freedom, OEF, and JTF-SWA. Ed's law enforcement career spanned 23 years. He worked for agencies at the city, county, and state levels and worked patrol as a detective and held supervisory positions through the command level. He also worked with federal agencies working Homeland Security, including assignments to various task force, such as narcotics and joint terrorism task forces. He found his way to the grief recovery method after the devastating loss of his three-year-old son in 2010. The healing he experienced from grief recovery method transformed his life and is currently the director of advanced grief recovery method program for grief recovery Institute and one of the only 15 instructors worldwide who trains and certifies grief recovery method specialists. As an international instructor and speaker, Ed has presented on the evolution of grief in the U.S. military and the impact on our service members, their families and veteran communities. In September of 2018, Ed trained and certified 15 Air Force chaplains, chaplain assistants and civilians with the task force True North, the Air Force's resiliency initiative from two air bases in California. Prior to this, the Grief Recovery Institute has worked with the U.S. Army and U.S. Air Force in the past, such as training AF Mortuary Affairs, dignified transfer members at Dover, AFB Air Force Base and training, 20 chaplains from multiple bases after 9-11 at Ellsworth and the Air Force Base. The Institute, Air Force Academy. Air Force Academy, it was saying AFB, So anyways, that's enough about Ed Hilda, as far as his background, we want to get to know him. I want you to get to know him. And I'm getting to know him a little bit more, too. He is one of the leaders at Grief Recovery Method. And I tell you, I've been through training with him in Vance Grief Recovery Method. And I tell you, I'm so impressed with his heart, his lightness. Regarding a very serious subject, and the belief that everyone can heal and recover from extreme grief, he's experienced. He's walked the walk. So help me welcome Ed Owens. I want to clap. So <laughs> thank, thank you, you
1: very much.
0: You're welcome, Ed. Thank you. And I'm so happy, based on what's going on today with the military, with the the policemen, and you being in the force and being part of the leadership and command level, that you can give us a a, a specific insight through your own experience on this hot topic today, especially in the grief world, and why they would even hire you for the Grief Recovery Institute. What we're going to do is what it's like, what it was like, Mm -hmm. what happened now, and what it's like today.
1: Okay, on which topic, my journey here, or are we talking about the police, or?
0: Well, you can start with the police, because I said, we're gonna be doing, it's sort of an intuitive thing. Talk a little bit about the police. Okay. We can come to you, your personal side. We wanna get to your heart. Sure.
1: So, you know, I had a military career, which you mentioned, but I also had a civilian law enforcement career. So for 23 years, I wore a badge and worked different agencies at different levels. And like so many people who get into that career, I got into it because I had such passion and so many hopes and dreams of what that career means. And it's about that whole thing of protect and serve. It's more than that. People who choose law enforcement as a career are members of the same communities that they serve. And it's a, it really is about us stepping forward and wanting to make our communities safe, wanting our communities to be better places to live, to raise, you know, raise our children, have families in that's why we get into it and almost universally are there bad cops out there sure and i've ran across a few of them in my career but they are the exception they are not the norm and the vast majority of the men and women who make that choice do so because they love their communities you know and they're called to this it's it's a passion it's their their heart it speaks to them and you know They do that job for that reason. And when I look at what's going on in the world right now, my heart goes out to everybody on both sides of the discussion. Everybody is grieving right now, whether it's the people who are coming together because they are passionate and unhappy about conditions in our society and they want their voices heard, or it's the people on the other side, the law enforcement officers, the firefighters, the emergency services, the people who are on both sides of this discussion. Everybody's grieving. Because it is not what they envisioned when they got into it. And for the citizens, it's not what they envisioned and their passion in speaking out about. Grievers need to be heard. They don't need to be fixed. There's nothing wrong with them, right? They just need to be heard. And right now, there's a lot of people who are hurting. And what they need is for people to sit there and listen to what they got to say and understand that they are grieving. And they don't need to be fixed. They need to be heard. I guess that's one of the main messages I would want to say, regardless of where people are at right now on these topics, and we're going into this big election year, right? Passions are high, and they're only high because people believe so deeply whatever their position is, and it's not how they envisioned it would be, and I guarantee you everybody wishes it was better or different than they're experiencing, and they had more of the things they loved and less of the things they don't. And yeah, that's, that's really what's going on.
0: What would you do uh, to bring people together in the grief? I know that therapists talk to me and they said, can you help my patients? Because they're not experts in grief. Mm-hmm. They say, can't seem to go past, their clients can't get, seem to go past a certain point in their therapy. And then they'll refer someone to people like us, right? As grief mm-hmm. recovery specialists. What do you think needs to be done? Like you said about being heard. If you Mm -hmm. were to talk about grief recovery method or just the whole idea of grief recovery, whether Mm -hmm. they go through grief recovery method or not, what would you, how would you counsel people and get the people together? Do you think you'd recommend a group of people do a sort of uh, grief recovery method together? Not so much together, Mm -hmm. but where they can hear each other.
1: Oh, I would love it. I would love it if we could get a room of people, right? Say a dozen folks, and half of them are from either side of the discussion. And that may be the first couple of sessions are gonna be pretty tense because their passions are high. But I guarantee by the time we were done going through the method, people would see each other for who they are as another human who has a heart and who feels things deeply, right? Because once we peel away all this other stuff, we're all humans. We all experience the universal reaction to loss, which is grief. And when we can see each other from that perspective, then we can communicate with one another. We can hear each other. We can support one another. And we can have the communities and the lives we want to live. But we have to get past the things that keep us separate. And going back to your comment about the, um, the therapists and counselors who come to us as specialists, A lot of great things exist in the world. They help us to discover perhaps some sources of pain. But I love what John always said. You know, sharing leads to discovery, but discovery is not recovery.
0: So true. And John James is the founder of the Grief Recovery Institute and the method. Yes,
1: and the method. He was a griever who went on a mission to feel better and figure out something that would truly work. We're taught how to acquire things in life. We're not taught what to do when we lose them. And John wasn't taught what to do with the pain, but he went and figured it out. And then that developed the method. And recovery is, a ser- is achieved by a series of choices that the griever can make. But the problem is when we're grieving, we don't feel like we even know what choices are even possible. And we sure don't have any way to try and figure it out necessarily ourselves. And that's what's the beautiful part of the method is a griever figured it out and he's taken it and helped millions of others to do it. And that recovery is some really helpful information and then some very simple little steps that we can take one little step at a time, right? right. So that we can take the actions needed to recover. Yes. And that's the difference. That's what the method brings compared to everything else that's out there. What action can I do as a griever? That's not overwhelming. That's not gonna keep me feeling like I'm hopeless and helpless. It's empowering the griever to take the actions for themselves and then showing them how to do it in a way that they get to have these tools for the rest of their life.
0: Yes. And it's not a, it's a method. It's an educational method. So while it seems like one size fits all, everybody's experience is different. Absolutely. And we as specialists, and advanced specialists are heart with ears that's one thing i took away it's like Mm -hmm. i have to picture i am a big heart with these big ears and i'm there to listen
1: without judgment without criticism not trying to analyze help the person to speak their truth and then listen to them in a way that they feel safe enough to communicate what they need to say a and not putting in
0: outside issues. It's so funny. Say, and I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn regarding the method because you have to go through it. So I can't share all the methodology. But I remember when I was taking the certification and they said, I thought, oh, because I'm a meditator, we'll meditate beforehand or whatever. And they said, no, don't do anything like that because you never know what the griever has experienced. A griever could be someone or bringing up God even or Allah or whatever. <laughs> Person been, could have been a very godly person, but had the devastating, devastating loss in how, how the world could be cruel. We could have traumatic experience, all of a sudden hates God. And if you mention that word, they're gone. So mm-hmm. or there's no outside issues that come in. So right. I try to just keep it just so open and stick to the method, even though there's a heart. And we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about or whatever your experience through the methodology and I love yeah. that. I was so I'm so happy because it brings that energy out of the picture and mm-hmm. it's not counseling.
1: No, it's an educational program and it's very therapeutic, but it isn't therapy. Yes. You know, and if I have a hundred people, I'm going to help those hundred people to find their truth, whatever that truth is, because with a hundred folks, it's going to be different for a hundred people. Yes. We're all individual and unique. And even if we, if you and I were brother and sister and mom died, we both had an individual and unique relationship with mom, did we not? Mm-hmm. There are times and memories you have with her that I don't. And so one of the big pitfalls that a lot of grievers find themselves trapped in, but what the method very, very specifically is careful to address is we don't compare. We don't compare one loss to any other loss. All loss is experienced at 100% for the griever. And so we need to f- help them to find their truth, whatever that is, and help them to complete their individual and unique relationship and the pain surrounding that loss in their lives. And that's really beautiful to watch as they do the work. We just provide them with a the safe place to do that in a very loving environment in which we can be a heart with ears.
0: Yes, I agree. Totally. We give them a space to just be totally authentic, no judgment. So we create that kind of space for them. Mm -hmm. I love it. So brilliant. I think it's the, John was divinely inspired from who knows where, but I love that.
1: He'll be the first one to tell you that. I'm not, (laughs) I've heard him say it. He's like, you know, I wasn't smart enough to figure this out. Something divinely guided me to this.
0: Like and, divine intelligence and they picked him of all people, right? <laughs>
1: right and he's like, I don't know why me. <laughs> I just I listened. About. I just when I when I finally listened to my intuition and got out of my own way, then I was able to figure this out. Yeah.
0: Yes. So thank you for your service. In so many levels from the military to the police force, just everything you've done and now with grief recovery method i i honor you and i thank god you know i thank god for you
1: oh, thank
0: that you. you are on this earth and planet and i get to work with you in the yes. future. I have a feeling we're going to have a, a nice long wonderful relationship and get in this grief recovery movement and please my, that's why i say grief recovery now it can happen in a short period of time it will boggle your mind. I know it helped me. I was grieving my father who died when I was 16. I did the work when I was 61. And That's why I thought time. I was already fully grieved, but I knew something was up. And then I took the grief recovery. And I tell you, I opened up in such a beautiful way. And I've talked about it before in, in the podcast. And I won't get into it now because we want to focus on you. So how about you personally? Can you talk a little bit about what it was like? What happened? And mm-hmm. what it's like now for you. And you can intertwine your personal and professional, sure. whatever works for you.
1: Well, like most people, I, I live my life mostly up here. I was living in my head and I was trying to use this in every aspect of my life. And I thought I had it all together. I thought I'd figured out life. Losses happen and life happened. I tried to just be strong through it. And, and that worked for a long time. At least I thought it worked. And from my perspective, I thought I was doing okay. But it was when my three-year-old little son would die four hours later after an accident that took place in my home. And my world got just torn to pieces. And I found myself so incredibly ill-equipped and unable to deal with the pain. And everything I'd ever been taught, none of it was helpful. And everything that people kept saying, hey, have you thought about this? Have you tried this? none of it was helpful. I tried it all because I was so desperate to feel better. I just couldn't, I couldn't find a way out of that dark place and it felt like I was drowning and it just consumed every aspect of my life and literally I kept trying everything and someone suggested this to me and it would be the last thing I would try but it would be the first thing that ever worked in a very meaningful way. It allowed me To complete the pain around my son's death. It allowed me to no longer let that pain interfere with the other relationships in my life. You know, we carry, when we're hurting, we hurt others, right? And doing the best we can. But when we're in pain, it's kind of hard to be there for the other people in our lives the way we want to be. And that's not how we want to live. None of us want to live with pain. None of us want to hurt the people around us that matter to us. And when it happens, most of the time, we wind up having these massive regrets about how I didn't show up the way I wanted to. And that was, for me, too, a truth, right? I wasn't there for my other children or my other people in my lives the way I wanted to be. I had to heal around Ryan's death in order to be able to be there for the other people in my life the way I wanted to be. My cup was empty. I had nothing else to give. The method allowed me to not only heal, but to have a cup that was overflowing to where I could give to others.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, even though I know it's very public knowledge because it's on the website, mm-hmm. and all that. I'm going to ask you a question mm-hmm. for the only reason if people have something horrific that happened to someone. Can you talk in a little detail about what happened to your son so people can understand you can get to that other side of that and a sort of a psychic change through that and mm-hmm. recovery through a devastating loss that I can imagine that you took a lot of blame for. Can you say what happened to your son? And I'm I, asking this because yeah. I know it's public knowledge.
1: Yeah. So um, I was a deputy sheriff, and my son would be shot with my backup gun. And that gun was locked inside of a metal box that was issued by my department to keep our guns out of kids' hands. And the reality of it is... The lock failed, the gun got out, and my he's son, three old. he's three years old, and my little boy would be shot with my own gun, and I very much blamed myself, and many other people blamed me, and I, for years, internalized that I was responsible, that I failed to keep my son safe, I had failed to be a good dad, that I had not done everything I could, because that's, you know, Besides being a police officer everything else, just being a dad and a parent, our job is to keep our children safe. And I felt I failed. And, um, yes, it was very, very public. Um, I would go on to challenge the agency that cost me my son's life because we found out they knew about it. They knew that the gun gun boxes, locks did not work, and they never warned the employees. I became super, super angry. And uh, I would challenge that agency. I would even sue that agency. And even when that case was settled and I won, none of that brought my boy back. None of that helped to heal my heart. And it was a very long public battle.
0: Oh, my God. Let me ask you a question, because we have a thing at Grief Recovery Method called STURBS, short-term mm-hmm. energy-relieving behaviors. Mm-hmm. While your anger was justified, do you think it was sort of one of those things that helped you like not deal with your grief was the anger? I don't mm-hmm. know can you talk about that with somebody who's maybe experiencing a lot of anger about something mm-hmm. and maybe they're using it un- unconsciously about a short-term energy relieving behavior sure. or long-term energy relieving behavior
1: sure that anger was a, an immense source of passion and i kind of went on a crusade for lack of a better term and i kept myself super incredibly busy right and by doing so Yes, it was positive in the aspect I was trying to affect some positive outcomes in, because of what happened, and that's good, but it didn't do anything to heal the pain I was experiencing. It gave me momentary, temporary relief when I was doing things. It gave me a sense of purpose, but the reality of it is is I could go testify in front of the Senate or I could go to do a news interview or something else, and the next day, still have all the pain of his death in my heart. And so I would have to redouble my efforts to try and continue to do the right thing, and it all I did was just magnify the pain. It added so many other things to it. And keeping busy was definitely a stir for me. Getting angry about it was a way to not be emotionally honest instead of saying my heart is bleeding to death and I miss my son every day. All right? I can't imagine my life without him. Instead, I'm going to say something else. And I'm going to go on this little mission, keep myself so incredibly busy, instead of getting honest about how my heart really was bleeding.
0: Do you think anger? I don't know. Is it? It's an emotion, right? Anger. But do you think there's some intellectual part of it, of why you are so angry? I mean, what do you think about that, from the head to the heart, with anger?
1: Sure. Russell used to call that it was the most difficult journey, from our head to our hearts. He called it going from the headline to the heartline.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and we get stuck up here, and this tries to rationalize and explain everything else. But the problem is, is our head and the heart speak two different languages.
0: Anger could right. be—it's their fault.
1: Yeah, and you know, learning some, something I learned through the method when I went through certification is—you know, anger is not really a primary emotion. I never realized this. Anger is something that we outwardly display. But in, inside there's immense sadness or fear. And when we're gripped with sadness or fear or both, anger is what we visibly have been socialized. It's okay to get angry instead of get emotionally honest about the sadness in our hearts or the fear that grips our hearts. Some people use anger, other people use humor. I love Robin Williams as an example. I miss him. He was an amazing actor, one of the funniest people on the planet who was incredibly hurt. But he used humor as a way, as his, as a sturb. And he did amazing work. Don't get me wrong, folks. I love Robin Williams. Mrs. Doubtfire, great movie. But it's one way we can mask what's going on inside. And when people are very angry and I look at what's going on in the world right now and I see so much anger. To me, what I see are people that are grieving and the angrier they are is just a measure of how incredibly hurt and painful their heart is ex- what they're going through what they're experiencing and my heart goes out to them and i just want to wrap them in my arms and give them a big hug and i hate that covid keeps me from it
0: <laughs> yeah you <isn't laughs> well, you know about self-righteous anger which there is in some way, geez, some of the mm-hmm. things that have happened through, mm-hmm. even going through COVID, the Black Lives Movement, LGBT, mm-hmm. Me Too Movement, mm-hmm. even, you know, the right politically, the left politically. Everybody is like, I am right. And, and they the,
1: are. Yeah. They're right. And, and they're, they're right in their beliefs. They're right in their passion. They're right in wanting to see the world as they envision it to be, and it's not. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing, to have passion. And it's a beautiful thing to advocate for the things you're passionate about. And when I see so much of that passion rising to that level of anger, what I see is people grieving.
0: Yes. And that's another short-term energy-relieving behavior or a long-term energy-relieving behavior. Mm -hmm. And if we really want to heal and recover I love what we talked earlier about getting people together and taking them through the method. And if they're willing to do it, mm-hmm. and I think we'd have a lot of healing in the world, which I love. So as I digress, not digress, because I think this is an important conversation. Can you tell us about what happened with your son? You went through all this anger. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. I wouldn't blame you. What was the next step after that? Like what made you... Blat! I got, you know, I give up. I need to try a different way. Can you talk about what happened?
1: Through all of that. I mean, you know how everybody in our lives, like, have you thought about this? Have you tried this? Have you, I never, I was always looking for something that would be truly helpful because I didn't like living with pain. I can't, I've yet, I asked this question all the time when I'm working with grievers. Does anybody in here like to live with pain? Do you like to feel sad? Do you like to feel depressed? Well, I didn't. I hated it. I could not, it's not what I wanted in my life. It's not how I wanted to live my life. And it consumed it. I mean, it consumed every aspect of my life, like I've mentioned, and it bled over into every relationship in my life. And that wasn't what I wanted. What I wanted was to be able to feel happiness. I wanted to be able to laugh. I wanted to feel joy. I wanted to feel connected to people in my life. And the pain was keeping me from having that life. So I tried everything. I mean, meditation, which was great. And it wasn't any type of a lasting permanent impact. I had to keep doing it. So for me, for a while, meditation became stirred. People said, oh, exercise. Great. I lost 60 pounds. I still felt emotionally painful. I felt physically awesome, but I still felt the emotional pain. There were two separate discussions. I just kept trying. I mean, people said, hey, have you thought about these seminars? And I went and tried those. And that was nice. And I got to feel a little bit, but it didn't give me any lasting impact. And I would find myself slip right back. And it was just a well-meaning person who said, have you ever heard of something called the grief recovery method? And it's a great story, if you don't mind me sharing it.
0: Oh, I would love it. We would love it.
1: So I went to a seminar. And it was called Integrate, and it was in Oregon. And it was about how we integrate the different parts of us into one. Like, we're all one person. We just have all these different aspects, physical, emotional, spiritual. They all are intellectual. And all these different parts are part of this whole person. And if any of them are out of balance, our life's out of balance. So anyway, I went to this great seminar. I had an amazing experience. And it was really nice. And I still to this day, there's things about that seminar that I carry with me, and they're part of my new life. But I would meet who's my girlfriend at that seminar. And we would start dating like, I don't know, six weeks later. And when we were dating, she's like, I'd like to introduce you to my mom. I'm like, okay. And she goes, and my mom went through, she's a grief recovery method specialist. And I'm like, what's that? And so we went to lunch and then Judy introduced me to this method and we talked about the method and uh, she was trained by Russell. And I'm like, huh, that sounds interesting. I'd never heard of it. And so I went back from lunch that day and I got on the internet and I looked it up. I'm like, oh, there's a certification class coming up a week and a half. So I just kind of put it out there if it's going to work out. This is meant to be, I'm supposed to be doing this, it'll work out. And it did. I had no intent of ever being a specialist and doing this. I went just desperate to feel relief from the pain. Cole taught the class that weekend. John James showed up as a special guest that weekend.
0: And Cole is John's son.
1: Correct. He's our current president of the Institute and stuff. So Cole was teaching him. Like I said, I was just using it to try and for me to feel better. And I actually drugged on to it. I says, well, if I'm going, you're going. She's like. I don't need to go. I don't have anything to work on. This is for you. I'm like, no, if I'm going, you're going. And I drug her to it. And we both had an amazing weekend. And I walked out of that weekend going, I can't believe what I was looking for. The pieces that were missing, I found them. And I left that weekend for the first time, just being able to just feel joy and happiness. And it didn't turn sour on me 10 minutes later the next day. I went back. I stopped at what I was doing in life. I said, you know, I want to do this. I want to help other people to find this. I want them to understand that they too can heal after any loss they've experienced. And so I started working with grievers and I never looked back.
0: And when was that? How long ago was that?
1: October of 2015.
0: Oh, that's right. That is so beautiful. You never know through this tragedy and heartbreak, you found your life's purpose. Even though I know you would not have wanted to lose your son. Yeah. And you, you know, have a heartbreak. And look at you made the most of it.
1: I did. And in doing this work, it was one of the gifts I got out of this was an awareness that my son's life and death taught me more than I would have ever taught him as a dad.
0: Maybe this is the, your gift to him.
1: I definitely feel his presence in my life. And I definitely feel his loving guidance in everything I do. And I would not be here today If I wouldn't have lost my son and to be able to sit there and tell you and these listeners, you know, that going through that loss while incredibly painful and I wouldn't want anyone to ever experience it for me, that loss was one of the greatest gifts in my life. And it really allowed me to look at life differently. And it allowed me to experience life in ways that I would have never been able to before. And to be able to work with people who whatever their loss And to lovingly guide them to take these actions for themselves. Because there's more than just hope. There actually is something that works. It worked in my life, and I watch it work in other people's lives all the time.
0: That's beautiful. And you've done, I know you've done many, many grief recovery method workshops. And thank you for being on the planet. I'm so appreciated that I'm even part of this movement and healing modality. Now, let me ask you this I know you deal with a lot of grievers what is something just sort of a theme like somebody who's grieving now or may not maybe in the future they'll be grieving they're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast they haven't had a devastating anything devastating recently mm-hmm. and then they may have had something 20 years ago 30 years ago they're 5 mm-hmm. years old something they remember that seems to be keep coming up when somebody's so afraid to let go of the grief how do you speak to someone like that saying, oh, I'm just so used to this grief. What happens mm-hmm. if I change? Now, I don't know if I can handle it emotionally.
1: Okay. So there's a lot going on there. And some questions I might ask folks is if you're, if you are having this conversation with me, at some level, there's an awareness on your part that maybe life is not exactly how you want it to be. What's going on? And I ask, them, you know, let them tell me, because if they reach out and have a conversation with me, that's, that speaks to what's right about them. That speaks to they have this awareness that I'm not living my life 100% the way I wanted it to be. And they're curious, and I love that, about wanting to take a look at this and learn more. Because from that point, the sky's the limit. We can help them to have the life they want. And they already have an awareness it's not where they want it to be. Whether it was something that happened last week, last month, or 20 years ago grief is cumulative and it's negatively cumulative. And over time, we start to feel its impact in our lives. And it's that awareness of that is the good starting point of our conversation.
0: Yes. Perfect. I love that. We're almost done here, Ed. Do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with our guests and something you would just like to share, what are you doing now? Uh, What's important? What's the snapshot of your life today and how you're contributing to the world and the experiences of grief and grief recovery, like on the micro level. And also it looks like you're working on the macro level. If you're working with, you know, these big, the military, the chaplains and all that. So it's just not one person at a time. There's a big job to do. Can you, Mm -hmm. can you share something about what How we can help you, or also what you're about. What's the snapshot in Ed Owen's life today?
1: Okay. I'm a human too, like the rest of us. And none of us escape this experience without going through grief and loss in our lives. We all do it, right? And I've experienced even this year other losses in my life. The beautiful part is I've had a set of tools that I've been able to use. And when I look at what's going on in the world, seven point, however many billion people there are on this planet humans, we all grieve. And I guess that would be the message I want people to understand is that it's normal and natural and it's a human reaction. It's what unites us as a people, regardless of where you're at in the world, we all grieve. And please understand that because we all do that, if you're listening to this, you're not alone. Yes. And so many times when I was grieving, I felt alone. And I want people who are listening to this, to know that they are not And that there are people in this world who are willing to help you. There's people in this world who love you and will be there to guide you through whatever's going on. And that's really what I'd like people to take away, is you're not alone. And there's more than just hope. There are things that you can do to heal your heart. And there's so many of us. I'm out there. Charlene is out there for you. All you have to do is be willing to pick up the phone, write an email, and just ask the question: What can I do? And, and we're all means?
0: going. We're all going through this. I believe a communal grief right now mm-hmm. worldwide because we're all in this COVID experience. No matter mm-hmm. what your thoughts are about COVID, we are mm-hmm. all affected by it worldwide. Mm-hmm. There's no place to run, right? So I think
1: they found it. one island in the Pacific that doesn't have it.
0: But. Oh, really? <laughs> they won't let anybody in.
1: They won't let anybody in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so. We're in this communal grief. Can you like, you're someone who's like, I don't, I can't identify my feelings. They're just not in touch with their emotions. Give mm-hmm. sort of signs what grief could look like. What's the feeling tone of grief that could be masked by something else? Like we talked about anger, anything else you can think of?
1: Any, there's all types of behaviors we can be Anger's one, humor's one. Those are things that might be outwardly expressed, but just even a sense of not having energy, Right just feeling really drained for whatever the whatever reason. And sometimes we don't even assure why. It's just like, God, it's just another day. And it's a sense of like, I just don't have the energy to do one more thing. Or I just, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day or this week. You know, grief drains us of energy and it robs us of choice. And if you're feeling drained and you don't know why, that's a good place to start. What's going on? Because something's taken my energy from me. And that's normal. And it's just, it's our body trying to say, hello, hello, something's going on. And you can ask yourself, if I could wish or I would want something to be better or different, what would it be? And the answer that comes to you is guiding you to where you might have some unresolved emotional energy, some grief in your life. Because I can guarantee you, just like you said, the entire world is impacted right now by events and COVID's just one of them. There's a laundry list of them. What's going on in this country? What's going on in Europe right now? Everybody can identify things they wish were better or different.
0: Yes. And you know what I think too is for our listeners is if there's something you're remembering from childhood or Mm -hmm. a marriage or something or with a child law or whatever kind of trauma, it's just not about losing a person through death. It could be a traumatic experience, PTSD, child abuse, or what. if something keeps coming up, And memories, even the smallest of them, you could be grieving something that you need to get some resolution with and some completion with. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at with grief recovery method. It's like we help you come from unresolved grief to resolve Mm -hmm. grief, incompleteness to completeness. And it can change your life. I'm snapping my fingers right now in a second through Mm -hmm. this modality. And I'm not trying to pitch anything. I'm just telling you what helped me. It helped me with a few things. And then all this other stuff came up. And it wasn't, you know, I'm very happy-go-lucky person. And people go, you're in grief. How come you seem so happy? Well, I feel like I've gone to the other side. And I want everybody to experience the joy I have in my life from even the bits I did with grief recovery method. I feel like there's this level of joy and bliss that comes through. That I feel a freedom even more sense of freedom in my life than I ever did because I did these small, powerful, beautiful steps. So we have all kinds of information in our podcast websites, how to get in touch with Ed, know more about grief recovery now. It'll all be in our podcast notes. We're so happy you're here. Ed, I want to thank you so much for being on our podcast. And I want you back again. And I want, to, I want you back with Laura Jack. So we can talk- okay about the big picture of grief and how we can help others on a macro level.
1: Yeah. I mean, why not? When are we scheduling it?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. And I know we'll know the exact timing. So thank you. I'm grateful from the bottom of my heart for you coming on today. I'm grateful for our listeners, wherever you are, whatever place you're at, we are here for you. We love you and appreciate you. And so I just said, you know, we'll see you next time. I'll see you soon with another episode of grief Recovery Now. We're on all the podcast platforms. We have no sponsors here. The only reason I have this podcast is I want to spread this movement of grief recovery and bring a lot of joy to the world. And so peace, love, and harmony, that's what I'm all about. And I hope you can get that way too. And thank and you, Charlene. Out. And you thank well? you,
1: Charlene, for everything you're doing and all the love you're spreading in this world and for the beautiful light you are in so many people's lives. Thank mm. you.
0: Uh, you're welcome. And Ed, is there anything you're doing now that you want maybe to people to understand right now we're doing grief recovery method online because of the COVID? Mm -hmm.
1: Correct. Yep, we're doing that. And we are just rolled out the helping children with loss online groups, you know, because our children are suffering too, right? And they're watching us as the adults, we're the emotional leaders. So we've now released this program out there, like how can we help parents their children and that's an amazing new program we've just released and so there's a lot of folks that are out there doing that and from the institute's perspective we're just trying to reach the greatest numbers of grievers in the shortest period of time whether that's information or it's blogs or it's podcasts like this or it's just being a heart with ears on the other end of the phone for anybody who needs us
0: yes and on that note we'll see you all later in love and light see you next time Thank you for joining our Grief Recovery Now journey. Like what you heard? It would be the biggest compliment to our mission if you would please subscribe, rate, and review Grief Recovery Now on Apple Podcasts, and we'll keep you posted on our next podcasts. If you don't have Apple, we are also on Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Also, please join our private Facebook group, Grief Recovery Now, and if you are in need of any personal attention, Please contact me with the link on this podcast page, which is griefrecoverymethod.com forward slash grms forward slash Charlene dash Gorzella. It would be an honor to hear from you.